0: Coming up on Contemplate.
1: Don't be conformed by the world. Be transformed. Those seem to be your two options. And you may be thinking to yourself, how can someone who's in Christ and who has the Holy Spirit and all that be conformed to the world? Well, it seems like a waste of ink if it couldn't happen, right? So somehow, if you aren't walking forward in newness of life and learning and growing and serving and doing these things. He's warning you that you'll be conformed to the world.
0: That was Pastor David Robinson from Axe Church in Camas, Washington, and this is another Contemplate podcast. I'm Ron Hagelgans. Thanks for being with us as Pastor David brings us part four in the series, What's Your Unique? You know, a lot of us go to church, and I hope you do too. But have you ever wondered or asked yourself, what's the point? Why do we go each week? Well, today, Pastor David will teach us that it's about a lot more than just filling a seat. There's a real purpose, and it's important that we know what it is. Here's Pastor David with today's lesson recorded live at Acts Church.
1: So, uh, let me ask you this today, and I want you to take a second and really think about it. Don't just go with the first thing that comes into your head necessarily, but process it a little bit. Why are you here? Some of you are like, this guy's a jerk. He's asking me why I came here. Uh, No, listen, it's a complicated answer, I promise. There are probably a number of reasons that you're sitting in the seat where you're sitting today. Uh, a lot of different things that have come together to put you here. But with everything we do, I think it's worth asking, what is our goal? What is your goal? What are you trying to achieve? Are you here to make somebody else happy? Maybe. Um, You're hoping that maybe this week, you'll finally see me fall off the stage because I get real close like this to the edge of it? A fair thing to be here for. It's probably gonna happen at some point. You're here to see your friends, to worship God, uh, to learn something, and and to study. Uh, Are you just obeying your parents, kids? Uh, Are you seeking truth? It's likely that a number of those things are at play. We've talked at Acts Church a lot about goals, and about mission, and about vision, and about why we're here, and what we're doing. Uh, We're clear in general, right, about why we follow Christ, or what the general goal is, or what we're supposed to do. And we've talked about that a number of times. Uh, Matthew 28, uh, verses 19 and 20, it says this, Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. Amen. So it's very clear, right? Make disciples for Jesus Christ, Uh, which means that we have to be disciples of Jesus Christ, right? So that's pretty easy, except what is a disciple? That's not that easy. We don't use the word a lot. And so what is a disciple? Um, Google, part of the definition from that said a follower or student, a follower or student. I think that that probably gets us started, but if you've read the Bible much, you probably realize that... If Christ follower is something probably significantly more than just a follower or a student, or at least a follower needs to be defined a little better, right? So what is the goal? What is the goal of following Christ? At the end of the day, the real answer you have to ask, if you came here on your own volition, uh, some that are children may be like, I came here because somebody made me. But if you came here on your own volition, you've got to ask yourself this, what is the goal? Because if you're not clear about the goal, how will you know that you're reaching it, right? And so what is your goal? Let me tell you, one of the major goals in the Christian life, one of the major goals, the thing that we're sort of shooting for, what it means to be a disciple and a follower, is transformation. Transformation, okay? And you know what that means, going from one thing to something else, right? You've seen the transformers. Um, we're not trying to turn into one of those, but we are trying to go from one thing to something else. And so there are at least two aspects of transformation for the Christ follower. At least two aspects, okay? Two types of transformation. And let me tell you what they are. The first one is instant transformation. Instant transformation. That is what happens when we become Christ followers. In the moment, in the season, uh, when we become a follower of Christ, there's an instant transformation. Instantly, we're made new in certain ways. And then there's another type of of transformation, and I'm going to call that the progressive transformation, the long-term transformation where we grow up into Jesus Christ. Okay, they're, they're both transformation. They both have an effect, but they're different. They're different, okay? So being a disciple of Jesus Christ means both experiencing the instant transformation of coming to know him and be a follower of him and the progressive transformation of what it looks like to follow him. Both of those are at play. Let's look at some scripture to sort of walk this out, okay? So in 2 Corinthians uh, 5, verse 17, it says this, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So we know that Christ has the power, that God has the power to transform us into something new when we're in Christ. In Christ. In other words, we've chosen to follow him. We've become followers. We've dedicated our lives to him. We've submitted ourselves to him. In that act... In that moment, in that transaction, there's a transformation that happens and all things become new. You're new. Brand new, okay? That's the good news of salvation in Jesus Christ. You're new. That's the instant transformation, okay? When it happens, we're partakers of his promise, right? Our sins are forgiven. Those things that, that those ugly things that we know That if God is good, he could never be in relationship with us because of that stuff in our heart that we know that we don't talk about. But that when we go to sleep at night, sometimes we think about that that stuff, gone. Christ forgives it. You're new. He's paid for it. There's a newness of life in that, okay? The Holy Spirit enters. You become a new creature. Jesus uses the term born again. Born of the Spirit. I know that term has kind of been bandied around um, by certain subcultures of Christianity and has come to be uh, almost like made fun of or something, but that's because I'm not sure people get the content of what's happening there. I'm not sure people understand when they say, I'm a born againer or something like that. Yes, you are, but what does that mean? It means this. It means that all things are made new. All things are made new. You're new. That's what it means, okay? Instant transformation. We're transformed in a newness of life. We're new. We become spiritually just like we were physically when we were new. I was once new physically. I was a lot younger then um, and smaller, as I recall. And there are a few things that marked that time for me in my life that seemed to be consistent for all new physical uh, humans. Um, I couldn't control my bladder. I was sleeping all the time crying all the time. I couldn't even read or write. It was um, It's embarrassing. Apparently, I couldn't even walk. My parents tell me that. I don't know that that's true, because I think I probably could. Um, but I'm a middle child, and so there's really no proof, because we had my sister, who was the oldest, and she was the first baby. And then my brother, who's younger than me, and he was the baby. So there's like four pictures of me that exist. <laughs> and most of them look something like my brother or sister in the middle, and my parents pushing me out of the way so they could get that shot. So I don't know if I was walking or not. I'll deal with my issues later. Okay. Um, (laughs) But when we're physically new, we don't know much. We don't know much yet. We're just happy to be here, right? Just kind of happy to be like a dog, right? Dogs are just always happy to be there. It's like (laughs) Cats, not the same thing, but dogs, they're just always happy to be there. That's like we were when we were kids, right? Unless we're hungry or whatever. We're just kind of there. We don't know much yet. It's the same thing. This instant transformation is not a matured transformation. It's a newness born again, okay, born again, born new, and so spiritually, you're new, you're fresh, but you don't know much yet, you don't know much yet, and sometimes, um, when we become born again, when we become new spiritually, we are sort of metaphorically stumbling around, when we try to walk in our faith and that type of stuff, like babies, right, um, Hopefully not literally doing that, but metaphorically, we're sort of trying to figure it out because all we have is that instant transformation at that point. The progressive transformation has not taken hold yet. Now, if I was still screaming all the time and and I was still, you know, acting like a little baby, you would think that that was a little weird for a person my age. Right, It would be out of place because I'm no longer new. I'm actually quite old, my kids tell me. And so it would be an issue, a serious issue, if I still acted like a physically new baby. Now, this is what the Holy Spirit had to say through the writer of Hebrews and Scripture to those uh, who were in Christ, who had had instant transformation, but were not properly becoming progressively transformed they hadn't they were babies but they weren't growing this is what he said this is in hebrews uh, chapter 5 verses tw- verse 12 through chapter 6 verse 3 this is what it says it says for though by this time you ought to be teachers you need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of god and you have come to need milk and not solid food for everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness for he is a babe Baby, not a good-looking person, but a baby. Uh, But solid food belongs to those who are of full age. That is, those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Therefore, leaving the discussion of the elementary principles of Christ, let us go on to perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God, of the doctrine of baptisms, of laying on of hands, of resurrection of the dead, and of eternal judgment. And this we will do if God permits. He's not saying those are bad things for us to teach about. He's saying they're just the first things. They're just the first things. And those who have been made new, he intends to walk in newness of life and progressively transform into a mature follower of Christ. Here's the thing. The instant transformation that many of us have experienced is glorious. It's amazing, Uh, you know, when we become followers of Christ and recognize that the burden of our sin is gone, that we can be right with God, that we can have a relationship with him, it's amazing, it's unspeakably amazing, it's incredible. But we are supposed to go on from there, not stay in it, not just sit in it. Romans chapter 12, verse two says this, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Be transformed. But wait a second, Paul, I was already transformed, right? Yes, you were instantly transformed. So he can't be talking about that. He can't be talking about the instant transformation that we already read about. He has to be talking about something else. He's talking about the progressive transformation that walking in Christ requires of us, right? Not, an instant, not instant transformation from death to life, progressive transformation in growing in that newness of life. That's what he's talking about. And he makes it pretty clear, right? He says, don't be conformed by the world, be transformed. Those seem to be your two options. And you may be thinking to yourself, how can someone who's in Christ and who has the Holy Spirit and all that be conformed to the world? Well, it seems like a waste of ink if it couldn't happen, right? So somehow, if you aren't walking forward in newness of life and learning and growing and serving and doing these things, he's warning you that you'll be conformed to the world. If you have a car, some of you have cars, and maybe maybe you've washed your car. If you wash your car once and it becomes, it looks new and shiny and whatever, and then you drive around for a week, does it still stay nice and shiny? No, especially if it's black, just FYI. Think about that. Think about that before you buy a car. Okay. My own issues again. I'll try to keep this about about you guys. All right. Here's the thing. The car is going to conform to the world. It's all this dirt flying around. There's all, this, there's all this dust and dirt and grime and whatever. And even though you've washed it, if you don't keep washing it, if you don't keep doing it, it's going to what? Be conformed to the world. It's going to be dirty. It's a mess, right? It's a mess. And you have to go make your kids wash it. And then they get upset and this whole thing. It's a, it's a mess. So here's the deal. What Paul's saying is this. If you don't renew your mind... If you don't work on your, remember last week, body, soul, spirit. If you're not at that place of soul, working on that place of will, that place where you're studying and growing and learning. If you're not moving forward in spirit, in holiness and sanctification, you're being conformed. You can't stand still and stay there. What happens is the world is going to conform you. And so he's warning you that he's saying, look, here's the goal. Be transformed. Be transformed. Yes, you've already been transformed in one way. But don't be a little baby. Be transformed. Okay. That sounds like a lot of work. That's true. That's a lot of work, right? Anyone who's tried to better, go to the bookstore and tell me how big the self-help section is. All right? How big is How many diets are out there there's like a diet for everything the donut diet that's the one I'm on by the way in case you're wondering it's working out not that well but it is fun um, right there's a million ways of self-help we try we try to transform ourselves we recognize everybody whether you're a believer or not recognizes that we're jacked up right or what would the self-help section be for Well, you're perfect already. Maybe you should read about how perfect you are. No, that's not how it is. Right? It's, I know I'm jacked up. Let me find some way to fix it. Some way for me to fix it. Here's where you got to be very careful and understand the difference, the difference between a Christ follower and every other religion, including atheism and agnosticism and all those which are faith positions as well. Everybody else is doing one thing. They're saying, i got to go to the self-help section, open up this. i got to do it myself. i got to please God because I'm going to do this work myself, and I'm going to get there. I've got good news for you. It's not like that. It's not like that. Listen to some scripture. Philippians 2, 12 through 13. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now not much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. And boy, isn't it nice that it doesn't end there. The sentence goes on to say, for it is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. Yes, it's work. But the blessing that you have is it's not just your work. In fact, it's not primarily your work. In fact, It's something like C.S. Lewis described, look, if if I give my son, I think he said sixpence or something, which is some sort of foreign money. But if I give my son a dollar so that he can buy me a present, and he goes out and buys the present with my dollar, have I I gained a dollar? No, it was my dollar in the first place, right? He took what I gave him to do something good for me, and and of course, I love that and revel in that. I mean, my son's 35, so it's kind of weird. I'm just kidding. he's not. My son's 14. But he could earn a dollar for himself by now, right? But the point is, if I give him the dollar and he goes out and gets me something, whose work is it? There, there's an aspect where both of us are doing it, but he didn't have the power to give me the gift. I gave him the power to do it, and then he was faithful in doing it. Does that make sense? We are not doing it by ourselves. We want to make the dollar and by the present. We think we can please God in that way, but we cannot. You cannot. You cannot. He works in you. Yes, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Right? For it's God who works in you, both to will and to do. Both to desire that which is good and to give you the power to do that which is good. It's God. It's God. Uh, Philippians 1.6, another verse in Philippians. It's good stuff. Being confident of this very thing. Listen. That he who has begun a good work in you... Instant transformation. We'll complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Progressive transformation. Okay? He who has begun a good work. Whose work is it? Yours? You went to the self-help section, figured out how to do it, and you're so powerful and strong and smart and wonderful that you did it yourself? Mm-mm. Nope. You fell on the grace of Jesus Christ, and he will empower you to move forward. He will empower you. you still got, You still got to do your thing though. you still got to do your thing. You don't get to sit back. You can't be like, oh good, I thought I was gonna have to do something. Apparently, I can just sit here and God's gonna do it all for me. That's not what I mean. It's more like the dollar and you go buy the present. It's not like I'm gonna go buy myself the present and say, and put your name on it. When they were really little, I did that. But as they they get older, you do something different, right? You have a role in this, but recognize that you're not on your own. You're not on your own, there's no self-help, there's only Jesus' help, right? And that's where the Christian lives, understanding that. Understanding that. So um, sometimes I think we can get very caught up in that amazing first work, that instant transformation that happens in salvation and coming to know Jesus because it is such an amazing thing. And we are to desire it for others. We are to desire it for others. We want to see people have the same new life that we have. But we can get so caught up in the instant transformation that we become negligent about the progressive transformation. We just become a little negligent about it. We don't think as much about it because the instant transformation part is the part that we push and push and push and push. And so we start to think that that's the part, the only part that's important, but they're both important. Here's what A.W. Tozer wrote about this issue that exists among some believers. He says, by instant Christianity, I mean the kind found almost everywhere in gospel circles, and which is born of the notion that we may discharge our total obligation to our own souls by one act of faith, or at most two, right? Salvation and baptism. And be received thereafter, be relieved thereafter, of all anxiety about our spiritual condition. We don't have to worry about it anymore. We are saints by calling, our teachers keep telling us, and we are permitted to infer from this that there is no reason to seek to be saints by character. An automatic, once-for-all quality is present here that is completely out of mode with the faith of the New Testament. Okay, so make no mistake about something, okay? Um, If you haven't had that instant transformation yet, you should do that. If you haven't chosen to follow Christ... If you're not in him yet, you should do that. Now is the time. Not later, now. Now is the time to do that. For those of you who are already in Christ, who are already Christ followers, it's time for you to move on and move forward. And that will always be the case. That will always be the case. It's time to move forward. Church is more than just a nursery for newborn babies. Don't misunderstand. The church is absolutely that. There are always going to be, hopefully, if the church is doing what it ought to be doing, there will always be the newborns, right? But somebody's got to take care of them, which means that once you get there, you've got to move forward in your progressive transformation. The church is here to walk alongside those who are engaging in the power of God and the power of the Holy Spirit to move forward, to move on, to learn, to grow, to become holy, to serve. That's what the church is here for. That's what the church is here for. Remember that this series of messages is about your unique and our unique. It's about the body of Christ, right? It's about who we were called to be as individuals and as the church. Remember the main scripture passage is 1 Corinthians 12, 27. Now you are the body of Christ and members individually. Okay, we've talked some about that. So what is the goal of the body in this context? Let's look, at, let's look at Ephesians 4, 11 through 16. And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers, for the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ till we all come to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Now listen, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, but speaking the truth in love, we may grow up in all things into him who is the head Christ, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, according to the effective working by which every part does its share, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. There's a lot there. Okay? There's a lot there. Um, Let's focus on this. We are not to stay children. We are not to stay children. We're to grow up into Him, into Christ Jesus.
0: That was Pastor David Robinson from Axe Church in Camas, Washington, and this is Contemplate. So, knowing that we need to grow and get beyond that initial transformation, how do we do it? What's next? Well, as Pastor David continues this study, we'll find out. Now, if you'd like more information about Axe Church, you can call us at 360-885-9000. That's 360-885-9000 or find us 24-7 online at axcamus.org. While you're there, check out the sermon archives and, of course, get directions and all the info you need to join us for church this Sunday. Again, that's axcamus.org. Hope to see you this weekend. Well, that about wraps up our time for today. I'm Ron Hagelgans. Glad you could be with us today. And I hope you'll click on the next episode of What's Your Unique with our teacher, Pastor David Robinson, here on Contemplate.